Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to today's show. As always, it is so exciting to be here with you. And it's kind of fun and interesting today because I do not have a guest. The guest is me and perhaps Mr. B, my producer engineer, may be chiming in um, as we talk about some different topics that what I've discovered is a lot of people keep asking me a lot of the same questions. So I thought I'd take this opportunity today to respond to a lot of the questions that people are asking me either when I'm speaking on stage or uh, recently I've been interviewed on a number of podcasts, including Women Kicking Glass by Patty Grimm out in OC County. She's a radio show out there. And I just said, you know what? Let's take this opportunity today in the middle of May to answer some of those questions that people have been posing. So the first one kind of came kind of interestingly, and it was a question indirectly posed to me by a dear friend of mine who I was emailing back and forth with last night. And she's speaking at a number of really big conferences. She's going on some vacations. She's being interviewed on some podcasts. I'm trying, we're putting a webinar together, she and I, on um, some lead gen things and sales stuff. And I, I sent an email back to her and I said, I'm living my life vicariously through you. I am so excited or basically what's going on with with her life and her business and stuff. And she's been a dear friend for, gosh, over 10, 15 years, I think. I'm not exactly sure. But anyway, in her email, she said something to me that really made me start thinking this morning. So I wanted to start out today's show sort of talking about what she said to me. What she said was, you're so funny living vicariously through others. Don't you see how full your life is, even if you aren't running all over the place? Look at all the people you talk with via email, text, and phone. All the exciting people you interview for your show. Oh my gosh, your life is full. And it got me very emotional when I read it, and even when I just read it to all of you out there right now, because I realized I was kind of stuck. I knew what I sort of what I thought I wanted for my life and how my business has always gone and you know it was me traveling and doing keynotes and being at customer sites all the time and doing work like that and now because I caregive for my mom full-time for the last five years and the last couple of years have been even more intensive with that especially the last six to eight months I have gotten very isolated or at least I felt I was isolated. I couldn't take vacations, that I could see that I could take a vacation and get away. I wasn't dealing with clients the way I used to deal with clients. But what my dear friend said to me here was, wait a minute, stop and look at what's actually happening in your life. I see it. You may not be seeing it. So just stop and and reflect And she said, don't you see how full your life is, even if you aren't running all over the place? And she was so absolutely right. You can't move forward if you can't see what's actually happening. So I wasn't even asking myself the right questions. I wanted to stay stuck in some idea I had of how I had to live my life. And, you know, I'm internally grateful to to my friend Kendra for that, because 
yeah, so what if I'm not taking a vacation right now? I can take a five-minute vacation and go over by the river and just sit there and watch the dolphins like I did the other day when I was coming back from the orthopedic surgeon after he looked at my wrist to see how I was healing up after the surgery about six weeks ago. I can take a moment in my backyard where I can look at water. I can just, even when I'm with mom, we can do something completely different. So I want to encourage everybody to think about what you think your life is versus what it really is. Um, When I was on Patty Grimm's radio show last week, and I'll be posting up the recording um, when she posts it up for me, she really wanted to talk not about all of my successes, owning a tech company, having the radio show, doing all of those things, consulting for large companies. That's not what she wanted to talk about. She wanted to talk about how I'm dealing with moving from a high-powered executive, somebody out there, you know, dealing with large companies all the time to a different kind of life with caregiving and how emotionally that's going on. So there's been a lot of signs in my life pointing to getting me to think about the present and the now and less about where I thought I should be going, but where I'm at and how I can make where I'm at something that fulfills me. You've heard me say week after week that this radio show is my joy and it it truly is. And, you know, in addition to being with mom, although sometimes that can just feel very emotionally heavy, it's Getting to talk to all of you out there that listen to my radio show, whether it's on the radio dial here in Vero Beach, whether it's on iHeartRadio since we stream live all around the world, or on the podcast where you're listening to it on your own, as I know a number of you do. I read every review you post up on iTunes and Stitcher or something you comment to me in Facebook or Twitter or any of the social media. I love getting emails from everybody telling me, you know, asking me questions, letting me know what's going on with your life. And most of all, I love chatting on the phone to find out what's going on. It just didn't look like how my life used to look or how I thought it was going. And that's not something easy for all of us to do, but I thought it was important to share how I now, because somebody asked me, This amazing question this morning in an email, don't you see how full your life is even if you aren't running all over the place? It made me stop. It made me pause and think, okay, yeah, that's pretty cool because I just landed a number of amazing guests coming up in the rest of this month and in in June, my birthday week show on June 6th. We're going to have Brandon Webb who, to me, I've been reading his books for years that he's co-written with John David Mann, who I've had on this show a couple of times, and he's just amazing. He's written The Go-Giver with Bob Berg, but he's written a number of books with John David Mann, um, with Brandon Webb, The Red Circle, which is a New York Times bestseller, and their latest book called The Killing School, where Brandon details how he was a sniper for as a Navy SEAL, but how he revamped the Navy SEAL sniper program and trained some of the biggest names that we've heard of recently, Chris Kyle, the Luttrell brothers, uh, Jason Delgado, all of these guys that put themselves in harm's way repeatedly 
to prevent other people from being killed, to save, to give us the freedoms that we have. These are the guys that get out there. And he had to revamp that whole training program. Now he runs a $100 million company. He's doing amazing things. And he's going to be on the show for my birthday show. So I'm really excited about that. But I'm reaching out in different ways to be with people that can help you guys do your shifts. And I need you to know that every single guest I have shifts me in some way. I mean, you've heard me on the show where I had 42 Ways to Breathe, where I had Swami Anjani from um, Kashi. And she took us through a breathing exercise where you picture a nose on whatever part of your body feels tight and you breathe in through that nose. And I was crying because of the release I got from it. But more than that, it was about that moment where I actually paused and realized I had a stuck spot that I wasn't aware of. I'm not perfect. I live the life that you guys do where things don't always go the way I planned, but it's a matter of learning and exposing yourself to other people. And I felt I was completely isolated because a number of people that I used to hang out with all the time, they're not in my life anymore. And I was stuck in that thought pattern. So what kind of thought patterns are you stuck in around your life or your dreams? And are you missing something because you're so stuck in that pattern? I realized I was missing what was in front of my face, which was, so my communication methods are different than they used to be. I'm not out there physically with people, but I'm talking to people on the phone. I'm emailing. I, I, if it wasn't for this show... I wouldn't be talking to a number of the people that I've interviewed, like Jim Palmer, like Lolly Daskal, who was my 100th episode show, and she talked about the leadership gap, what stands between you and your greatness. Stephen Wozner, John Warlow. I wouldn't have had the Forbes.com article about how I sold my tech company and the processes I went through with that if it wasn't for this radio show and the journey I've been on for the last couple of years, shifting my thinking, shifting my perceptions, but I didn't see it until out of the blue, someone posed a question to me and got me thinking, whoa, wait a minute. She's right. Okay, so what? I'm not taking vacations the way I think I should be taking vacations. But maybe there is a way I can figure out how to do that. If not, when I have the opportunity, I'll take a killer vacation and and do something I've always wanted to dream of. Spend a few weeks in Hawaii, go back to Tuscany, which is one of my favorite places, or go to the Greek islands or visit a friend of mine in the Canary Islands. I've wanted to go to Australia. So when I have that time, I will do that. And I can always do that trip in my mind. I spoke to a friend of mine in Australia I haven't spoken to in three years. I was talking to Australia. You know what? I just visited Australia, but via the phone with a dear friend, and we got to catch up. And Ruth, I want to wish you all the best because I know you're off to Peru to do um, a major walk for motor neuron disease on the Peru trail up there and uh, all of our, all of my thoughts are with you and ask all my listeners next week to hold uh, Ruth in your mind and in your prayers. All right. And we will be right back after the commercial break. 
So in the first segment of today's show, we were talking about um, something that just happened to me this morning where I didn't realize the thought processes I was having. That was just one of the questions that came up in my mind, but it's been posed to me by a number of people recently because I was just feeling very, very sad about a lot of things going on in my life and, and changes that happened in my life. Another question that I've been getting asked a lot, a lot lately because of the other hat that I wear as a geek. And for those of you who might be listening for the first time, I owned a technology services company for 15 years. I've worked in the tech world for um, over 30 years. And I had my own company, a multi-state company for 15 years before I sold it. We used to go in and we did a lot of security work with people. We set up um, multi-office networks. We helped put technology in. And with all of the crazy cybersecurity stuff that's been coming up, the last few weeks especially and the last over the weekend, I've been getting so many phone calls and emails from friends of mine. How do I protect myself from ransomware? And, you know, it, it's, it's a hard question to answer, but yet it's very simple. And I want to put this out there today, and I'm going to tr- I'm going to get some uh, guests on my show that can take us even deeper into this. But I've had one of my episodes that I had was Larry Baum, who's a friend of mine, and we talked all about cybersecurity. So you can go back to um, I think it was about six weeks ago. I had an episode with Larry Baum talking about cybersecurity. But when we're talking about these wanna cry ransomware viruses, and people say, Laura, why do they do it? Why don't they use their their for their knowledge for good. The reason these ransomware viruses are so prevalent is number one, it's very simple for them to do. They st- they take somebody else's code, they buy it. There's black market sites that they can buy these pieces of code, and then they just get those emails out there that people click on that have this link, and it. Boom, it pops down onto that person's computer. And you go, well, they're only charging $300 to unencrypt the files. Well, yeah, but if you look at what just recently happened, one company, in order to unlock their computers, it would cost them over a half a million dollars to unlock their computers. And that's if they do get unlocked. Because some of these guys or girls, don't know, gals, don't know whether they're men or women that are doing it. What we do know is most of them tend to be overseas, a lot of them in the Russia area and and that kind of place. What they see is a quick way to make money. But they don't always have the resources because of how much the viruses hit, the ransomware hit, to unencrypt your files. So there's no guarantee. So what are some things you can do? Well, one of the first things I suggest you do is if you have a PC or, or a Mac, but mostly PCs because those are the ones that tend to get hacked most, run your Windows updates. Make sure you have an operating system that is newer. So if you're running Windows XP or um, Windows 98, because I still know some people that have that, you want to upgrade to some of the newer operating systems. You should at this point be having at least Windows 7 or above on your computer. You want to run every update that is available from Microsoft. If you have Adobe applications on your computer, like Adobe Reader or Flash, or you have Java installed, you want to run all of those updates as well. And every single program has a way to update their software. 
If you're uncertain, please email me, laura at laurasteward.com, and I can connect you with people all around the world that can help you do this kind of stuff. If it's a quick question, I'm happy to answer it. Um, You can even call into the show, 772-778-3500. It's 772-778-3500. And if I can answer a tech question or something for you or any question while I'm on the air today, happy to do it. But here's the thing. These people that are doing malicious things are looking for people that are not being safe. You wouldn't leave your car with your wallet or your pocketbook just sitting on the seat with the car door open. Well, some people I know do that, but on average, you don't. This is no different. Running Windows updates, putting antivirus software on your computer. My favorite, WebRoot. I put WebRoot Secure Anywhere on all of my devices and I make sure it's up to date all the time and I run scans. I also use Malwarebytes anti-malware to run regular scans on my computers. I have a higher end firewall router that connects, protects me from my Comcast modem. And then in between there, I have another device that I regularly run the firmware updates on. Now, this stuff can be time consuming. You can hire companies that can handle all of this for you. It doesn't matter if you just have your home computer or whether you have a large business. People can manage these things for you. You don't have to do it for yourself. You can have other people doing it for you. The biggest thing, make sure you have all your Windows updates because this virus would not have been able to propagate this ransomware hack WannaCry if people had just put the updates that Microsoft had initiated back in March. Okay? And if you put WebRoot Secure Anywhere or other players out there, there's Kaspersky, there's McAfee, Um, Those are some of of my favorites, but I like WebRoot, and I know that WebRoot is currently protecting against it. Be cautious. Be careful. I just got an email in today, and it was, you know, a quick glance. It said somebody was sending me a Microsoft OneDrive folder to share. There was a document in it. I immediately deleted it. I didn't even bother looking because anybody that's going to send me a folder to share is going to send me a separate email saying, hey, Laura, I'm sharing a folder with you. I'd be in conversation with somebody. People don't just share stuff with you without you knowing it's coming. So immediately delete emails like that. And if you think it may be from them, don't email them back. Pick up the phone and call them. Okay, call them on the phone and ask them, did you send me a link? If they didn't, tell them to run scans on their computers, run all the Windows updates that they can just to protect themselves as well. You need to be careful. I also suggest to protect yourself, change all of your passwords. Don't have the same password for every financial site. Don't have the same password for... um all of the the shopping that you do on the web, you want to use different passwords and they need to be complicated. Not so complicated that you have to write them down on a piece of paper that says my password for Wells Fargo or PNC Bank or Bank of America is this and you stick it in your wallet, but something that makes it more difficult. You don't want to use one two three four five six seven eight or password one two three four or your last name or your first name or your birth date. Those are things that hackers typically can easily find out. 
The other thing you can do to protect yourself is, and I know this is going to be really hard for a bunch of my listeners out there because you share with me a lot of this stuff on on social media. You know those surveys on social media that people ask, you know, are you this character? What kind of concerts do you go to? Well, you know what? A lot of those are phishing attempts to find out personal details about you, which will help them answer those questions, those security questions you have on your websites. So I don't even bother answering those surveys anymore because it is a way for people to find out personal details about you that can help them hack into your financial accounts, hack into your medical records, your insurance, those different kinds of things. So please be careful. Think before you do things. Protect yourself by running all the Windows updates installing antivirus software. As I said, WebRoot's my favorite and Malwarebytes anti-malware. Those are the two that I use on my computer. But you know what? You shake it up. You want to keep checking things and running the scans, taking the time to do them. And when we come back after the news break, we're going to talk about some other questions that people have been asking me recently. And I look forward to being there with you. Stay tuned everyone and Mr. B you had an interesting question that got me thinking in a whole bunch of different directions about an article I wrote for Vera Voice magazine about Riverside Theater yes uh, a few months ago and a very interesting article but I'm always looking for technical stuff since I've been a techie for too long as as you have and uh, one of the things that I noticed and see I'm I'm used to old thespian in other words uh, I did sound for uh, the the old guard of the army at the Jefferson Memorial. I did sound for the, theater groups in Amsterdam, New York, and it required microphones to be hanging from the rafters and uh, directional mics and everything else. And now, of course, we have all this technical world here. In fact, the board I'm looking at, I I run it, but the computer runs it. So, uh, and and my question was, where are their microphones? <laughs> I could not see the mic. Usually, you, you see them clipped on, like on television. The uh, lavalier microphones blast. and stuff. Yeah, I right. know. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, or over the ear, uh, almost like a hearing aid. And I still couldn't see uh, any of the microphones at Riverside. So you can fill us in. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I, I wrote a, for those listeners who don't read Vero's Voice magazine, which, by the way, you can get for free online, verosvoice.com, and subscribe, and you can get the magazine. And it, a lot of it's local, related to the Vero Beach area, but I find the articles that are written in there, not just because I write them. I write a tech article and some local flavor thing. They're really fascinating because you can get a flavor for what's going on in, in the world looking at a, a community. But when I was doing the behind-the-scenes, it's fascinating to look at like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, right? And you just see this little guy pulling levers, but up front there's this um, crazy image and there's all this magic. So when you go behind the scenes and you reveal the magic, do you still get the magic when you're out in the audience? The microphones are, if you look really closely at some of the actors, you may see them at their part line at the top of their head, just at sort of right where the hair meets the forehead or for some people it may be on the side it's a little thin typically skin colored microphone that then drapes behind through their ears and it's behind their ears and down their back or whatever it may be i've used similar microphones when i've done keynote speaking 
and you don't really see them. And it's nice because you can move your head all in any different direction versus the lavalier mics that they used to clip them on your your shirt. But if you turned your head, you may not, the sound may go down or it may go up depending on where that mic is picking it up. And you know what I loved about your question, Mr. B, was what started me thinking, well, what magic is happening that you can't see, right? So these microphones you're looking for them because you're trying to figure out where they are. You don't see mics descending from the ceiling. You don't see microphones along the bottom of the stage. You don't see all of that stuff anymore. It's hidden. But does it matter, right? Or is the outcome what matters, not necessarily how it gets there? So many of us get stuck on that whole, I have to know how it happens instead, and then we miss that it happened. What do you think? Well, that's our tech part of us you know it's not it's not how it happens it's how does it make it happen and that's what 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 i'm always looking into in other words when i put this pot up on the control board here it uh it turns on my microphone but if i don't do it it's not going to happen right and it's really there's so much invisible in the world so much behind the scenes which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this episode today was to talk about some of those thought processes that go through my head that if people are like, oh, she has it all together. She, <laughs> it's like there are some mornings I, I wonder if, if I have anything together. And then I go, well, what do I have together? Well, I have that I got in the car today and I arrived at the radio station. <laughs> And, and you just never know where it's going to go. If anybody has a chance that's living here in Vero Beach to do the behind the scenes at Riverside Theater, Mr. B, you should really do it. It is so much fun. You get to see how they put together an entire show. And then they talk about the history behind a show. I'm sure they have something at most theaters around the country, around the world. You can do some sort of behind the scenes. I know even at the Metropolitan Opera in New York City, which is a tour I have never taken, but I have always wanted to take. You get to go backstage at the Metropolitan Opera House where, you know, they've had elephants come on stage during Aida and just crazy sets. And you get to go behind the scenes. So you go underneath the stage and behind the stage and you can see how that magic happens where the set changes occur. Um, Mr. B, do you watch The Voice? No. My mom loves it, and she and I watch it together, although I tend to use the DVR because they do an act and then they um, have a commercial right away. But last week's show, instead of just cutting to um, the host of the show or over to the judges, after one of the singers had finished, when they came back from commercial, they normally go into a backstory on the next contestant that's going to be on. They actually showed the crew all in black shirts so that they would blend in black clothing, changing the sets. And that's another piece of the magic that we don't all get to see is all of a sudden you'll just see something appear. A new set will appear. um, A new business will appear, whatever it may be. But when you get to see all those people moving, all those pieces on stage and how they do it and how they've designed the sets, I love that. Have you ever seen the set designs up close at Riverside Theater, Mr. B? Uh, no, I haven't. But to tell you the truth, I'm, I'm trying to strain my eyes and look look on the stage when they go to black 
and then uh, you know kind of think it, it's almost choreography for the stagehands. Everybody has to be in a certain spot and move, even if it's one piece of set. They have to be precise in what they do. Yeah, and if they forget to lock one lock and somebody has to run up a stair, somebody could get hurt. One of the cool things that I found out that they do is before every performance, somebody sweeps that entire stage and goes through with a vacuum and every groove because, heaven forbid, there was an errant screw or slippery piece of paper or feather from a costume that was out there, a dancer or an, you know, just an actor moving from spot to spot could slip on that and hurt themselves. So there is that choreography. And when I was behind the scenes watching it, what I found fascinating to me is I started thinking about the choreography of, of life, you know, how, these pieces need to happen before those pieces happen. That the set designers and the engineers and the lighting designers and the costume people need to put together all those different pieces before the audience can see the performance. How the actors have to rehearse to know each movement that the choreographers have played so that it becomes second nature. But yet we all expect our lives to just happen, right? That money will just come like these hackers that do the ransomware. They want to take the easy way out. Or the um, a business that starts up and they think that from the day they started, it should just make $100 million. But that's not how it works, right? You, you need to be thinking through all the different steps that it, it takes. You know, Richard Branson talks about, you know, he didn't become Richard Branson as we know him today overnight. He had a lot of failures before all those big successes. Elon Musk, with all of his SpaceX stuff, which is so near and dear to those of us in Florida who live in the Treasure Coast, Space Coast area, you know, he had a whole bunch of rockets blow up. People's lives were lost when he was testing different things. And then those different processes helped it get to where it's at now where he's reusing rockets and sending them back up because they're landing on a platform perfectly. I just find that all really, really fascinating. What do you think, Mr. B? Yeah, you're right. Uh, And it's awesome to see the stages of a rocket. The rocket goes up in space, but what propels it up there lands on a raft or something and it can be used again and that's that's technology yeah and we we've all started to stop thinking about all the ones that fell in the water right all the practices that we didn't hear about where they were testing now we're all just like oh yeah it's like second nature he's just going to reuse it what else will he come up with next (laughs) that's for sure but there were all those steps to get to where he's at now And that's really neat. Now he's about to bore underground in L.A. to try to get rid of traffic. And there'd be like these sleds that the cars would go on high speed from one end to the other. And I just find it fascinating. But I also start thinking about things like just because we can doesn't mean we should. So you think he asked the questions? He does. He's really known. He'd be a great interview. Um Anybody knows Elon Musk or Peter Diamandis, um, I'd love to interview 
either one of them or even Richard Branson because they ask themselves really great questions. But more than asking themselves questions, they challenge the people who work for them to ask different questions of themselves. Sort of like Brian Mattimore, who was on my show last week, and we talked about 21 Days to a Big Idea, where they do exercises designed to make you think outside the box that we've all locked ourselves into. Like putting the word smart in front of microphone or in front of water or in front of phone, and all of a sudden these amazing new technologies have come out because somebody put the word smart and just rift and came out with all these different things that possibly could be and then created something. I just find that really neat how Elon Musk asks. I'd love to know the questions he asks himself every day. I think it's it's fascinating. And we're going to come back with more from my show. It's all about the questions. And if you have any questions you want to ask me, you can email me or you can tweet out to at the Laura Stewart. I love hearing from everybody. I'd love to know what you think of the show, what guests you'd like to have on the show. Um, if you'd like to be a guest, shoot me a note. Let me know. Um, we can talk about it. I like different perspectives. I want to know the questions you're asking. This show is about you. So let me know what you want to know. So we've been talking about the questions that people have been asking me a lot lately, and they, they ranged from um, don't you realize how full your life is to how do you protect yourself from the WannaCry ransomware to the question that Mr. B asked about where are the microphones that are on all the actors and dancers' heads and singers' heads at Riverside Theater, which took us in a completely different direction around you know what you don't see that creates the magic. What are the steps that go into things? And I mentioned that I'm going to have Brandon Webb on my show in a a few weeks. And Brandon has, and I'm not going to remember this exactly, but on his email tagline, one of them is, um, if you have a question or a problem, let's talk about what's possible. If it's impossible, we need to have a meeting. Basically, The impossible can happen. It just may take a little bit longer than a short email, but nothing is impossible. And Mr. B, you were talking about this as well, that nothing is impossible. It's just, if you can dream it, you can start to make it happen. I'm a big sci-fi fan. And my entire life, I've been watching sci-fi, Star Trek, Star Wars. I talk about the Spock effect in my book, What Would a Wise Woman Do? Questions to Ask Along the Way. And, And that's in reference to how to learn to ask better questions. And you can actually download that chapter for free on my website, laurasteward.com, to help you understand some ways to ask better questions and get a free workbook as well to help you ask some better questions. But the, the thing about the impossible and asking the right questions is if you can learn how to, like the sci-fi writers did, you make stuff up. You know the cell phones, the first flip phones that came out? The reason the first cell phones were designed as flip phones was because the guy that created them was a big Star Trek fan when he was a little kid. And he thought the communicators were so cool the way they flipped up the lids. So when he had the opportunity to create that first cell phone, he could have designed it to look like anything, but he made it look like the communicator from Star Trek. And the iPads, those kind of devices all came from so many things that happened when kids, those developers, were watching sci-fi, reading sci-fi books, Robert Heinlein, Asimov, 
all of those books that talked about a world that was very different. What would the world look like if we were able to create things that made our lives better? Not necessarily easier, but better. They improve the way things happen. Like the guy that created the little plastic tip on shoelaces, you know, that was actually a patent because somebody had created the the way to tie shoes, right? But they had trouble threading the laces in through the holes. So somebody said, oh, let's put this little nib. They used to be metal around the end of it, which made it much easier to get the lace through the holes. Simple things like that. But they're not so simple to come up with that idea because we all just look at the world as it is. Brian Mattimore last week on 21 Days to a Big Idea encouraged us to look at things differently, to look at a pen and say, how can I improve this pen? You know, one of the funny stories from the space program was how much money America spent creating a space pen that could be used in outer space because with zero gravity and things like that, pens didn't work because of that pressure that they needed inside the tube. So they created the astronaut pen, the space pen, which you can buy in the stores today. And I have one somewhere around the house and it can write in any different direction versus the Russians who just put pencils on board the all their spaceships because they didn't have to invent anything. The pencil was there and it writes in any direction as long as you can sharpen it. It's a matter of figuring out a different way of doing things. I love doing that. And my favorite way to do that is to ask yourself my favorite question, but when it's asked of me lately, I've been getting frustrated with it, is why? So one of the first things I encourage you to ask is why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you have the dreams that you have? Why do you want to change the world the way you want to change the world? Why do you want the business you want? But you don't ask yourself why just once. You need to ask yourself that question five times in a row. Because by the fifth time you ask yourself the exact same question, you're going to get somewhere in those five answers the real reason why you're doing something. It's like, why am I doing the radio show? I do it because, number one, I love talking to people and understanding their whys, and understanding how they got to where they're at. I am a data geek. I love understanding everybody's why. The other reason I do it is because the social engagement of it for me, knowing that you're out there listening, knowing that I'm making a difference for you right now while I can't be traveling around the world, Physically, I am traveling around the world every day on my radio show because this show is listened to in, I think it's something like 25 or 30 countries that I know of, and I haven't looked in a while. But people around the world are listening to my show, just like my book keeps hitting the international bestseller list because people, I'm still out there traveling. I might just not be doing it physically. It's something I want you to think about. As, we're, as you're going through your week, as you're driving your car, if you happen to be listening in the car today, whether it's live or it's on the podcast that comes out within a few days after the show, let me know where you're struggling. 
Let me know where you are succeeding. Those are the things that give me the topics for the show and give me the guests for the show. It's what makes it exciting for me is to hear those shifts. And one last question that I was recently asked when I was on a radio show was how do how do I take care of myself while I'm taking care of somebody else? And and how do I let go of guilt if I'm doing something and my mom can't do it with me? And I've really struggled with this because I'm not really good at it. And what I really want to say to anybody out there that's being a caregiver or stuck in a situation that you sometimes feel you can't get your way out of is, and I also learned this from one of my clients, you don't have to be perfect. The idea of being perfect traps us all so much and creates analysis paralysis. You know that moment where you can't move forward because you're analyzing all the different options out there? Like when you go to buy a new car or in the other day I had to buy a new refrigerator. There's so many different options. You get stuck in analysis paralysis. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to make a choice, the best choice you can make at that moment, the best move you can make in that moment. Still learning how to do this lately with the way my life is shifting, but thanks to my friend Kendra's question this morning, I'm recalculating different options. What can I do in that moment? And once you make that choice in that moment, other choices, other options are going to open up to you. And then you can make another choice. And maybe that next choice you make changes the choice you previously made, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't invalidate the choice you previously made. It just said, okay, here are my other options. You just need to think about them. Take them one at a time and go, okay, it's not perfect. It's the best I can do right now with the information I have at hand. And then I can go find some other people. That's what this show is all about, to introduce you to other people to help you shift the perspectives and get your questions answered. So how can I do that? It's okay not to be perfect. I'm learning that with caring for my mom and caring for myself and having been um, pretty much physically out of whack since November when I took the two falls. But the most important thing that I encourage you all to remember, as my friend reminded me today, the right questions really can change your life. Let me know what questions you're asking today. Let me help you if there's something I can do. Reach out to me, tweet, email me, laura at laurasteward.com. Go to the website. But most of all, remember, today is as perfect as it's meant to be. Have a great day, everyone. You've Talk to you next week. To it's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.